Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 11, titled Jahari Window. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode a uh, really solid cooldown after all the craziness in the last one with Thomas Jerome Newton, and also getting back into the actual continuity of the show after the whole Lost episode deal. Uh, so, basically, we start this episode out, opening sequence, and we have a pretty interesting little... It almost feels a little bit like a short story, almost. It almost feels like a little bit of a short Twilight Zone episode? Actually, (gasps) Fringe just made a Twilight Zone episode! That's absolutely what this is! I could absolutely see Rod Serling doing something like this if you remove the Fringe-isms! Okay, I suddenly love this! I suddenly love everything about this episode! Uh, originally, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is a solid filler. It's a really, really good episode, uh, but it's not among my favorites by any means. Now I love this more than anything on the planet. <laughs> so basically, Sheriff picks up this kid who's run away uh, just outside of this town called Adina. Takes him to his uh, sheriff department outside the city limits of Adina. And he's now a deformed monster human. Now, apparently, this is a bit of a local legend. There have been sightings of deformed people all the time, primarily located around Adina. And it's just like sort of this myth that people... Like, trade and recount and blah, 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 blah. But this is the first time that this sheriff dude and his uh, other sheriff people have seen one of these people. Have seen one of these deformed people. So, they take a picture, they put it in their database, and just as they're deciding what to do with him... A couple of adult deformed people come in, shoot up the place, kill all these troopers. They're state troopers, not sheriffs. That's my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, And take the kid. And everyone's dead. This, of course, is what calls the Fringe team in. This whole situation just screams weird. Uh, By the way, we get a very solid arc with Walter sort of dealing with some minor PTSD after the Thomas Jerome Newton situation. It starts with him not wanting to go into a freaking grocery store. Uh, and it's, uh, it's great. It's real, real great. Uh, it's a amazing little, uh, minor character arc that they do very, very well. Uh, but they go into the town of Edina to investigate what the hell's going on. 
what the hell any of this is. They poke around, they ask some questions. Uh, we find that there's this, like, hum that is constantly going throughout Adina uh, from, like, a military base. Walter hears it and immediately, like, recounts a song of hard artichokes rarely keep Norwegian elephants Singapore sleep. Just gibberish set to lyrics. Artichokes rarely keep Norwegian elephants Singapore sleep. Damn it, it's in my head. (laughs) Why? Why? Why do it me? Why do it brain? Uh, but after poking around a little bit, uh, they leave, and as they're leaving, they get run off the road and attacked by another one of these creatures. Uh, Peter shoots it, kills him, and... They're looking for him, they're looking for him, they're looking for him. They find this discarded pickup truck. They search the woods around it. And there's the guy, shot, bled out, but he's human. No deformities at all, he's just a normal guy. Now, the prevailing theory is that there's some sort of metamorphic ability... Uh, possibly set upon by whatever that military base was. Uh, We do find out that they were doing some form of experimentation back in the 70s. So we go all the way back to Harvard. We go back to the lab. And when we open up the body bag, our... uh, Our killer is deformed again. Our shooter is back to his horrific self. And a butterfly that Walter got for Astrid has transformed into a hideous, hideous moth. So, at some point, both the dead guy and the butterfly, quote-unquote, transformed. But when we look through the thing, when we look through whatever the hell is going on in his body, in his cells, there's no evidence of metamorphosis. There's none of the signs of, like, a full-blown metamorphosis. So this is just one giant question mark. Meanwhile, we're going through military files... And the project of... uh, The name of the project that that military base was working on in the 70s... Project Elephant. Remember the words to Walter's song when he hears the Adina hum. Hard artichokes rarely keep Norwegian elephants Singapore sleep. So, maybe Walter worked on this project. And Walter is convinced the song has something to do with it. 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 Uh, Astrid comes up with the idea that, like, maybe this is a pneumonic. So, 
Hard artichokes rarely keep. Norwegian elephants Singapore sleep. H-A-R-K-N-E-S-S. Harkness. A library at the Harvard Law School. So they go there. They find this secret compartment that Walter hid things in. And when they take stuff out of that, when they take the boxes out of that, they find files of very, very similar deformities. Of, like, exactly the same types of deformities. And immediately a light bulb goes off in Walter's head and it's like, okay, I know what this is. I know exactly what's going on here. So... Basically, the project he came on to consult, very, very briefly, was a military research study where they were trying to camouflage people via electromagnetic pulse. Basically trying to trick the optic nerve to make soldiers invisible. And they experimented on soldiers, and eventually they expanded the scope of the experiment to... Not soldiers. And after a while, actually after Walter left the project in an official capacity, they found out that this had a horrifying side effect and prolonged exposure caused one to get horribly deformed. So what most likely happened is that's how these people got deformed, but someone perfected the pulse and is using it on a Dyna to make everyone seem normal while they're in the town limits. Uh, We have that great scene where Walter goes right up to the limits of the town, holds the butterfly jar, and while... Astrid, like, is just walking towards it. We see the moth turn into a butterfly. And we have that, like, really, really cool moment that's just absolutely great. So this is not metamorphosis at all. This is deformities masked by a transformation. By the way, at some point, I keep forgetting to mention this, but Jesus Christ, the deformed people look so incredible. Like, the makeup and prosthetic work on them is on another level. It's insanely good. And I love everything about it. It's amazing. Cannot praise it enough. Now, while all this is happening, uh, Olivia and Peter have been in a diner going through all of this stuff. Going through all of these town records to find the person who tried to kill them. The sheriff gives them a name and they're like, okay, uh, let's find records on that name, blah, 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 blah. And the entire, not only is that the records on that person gone, but, or actually, I'm an idiot. The sheriff didn't give them a name They got a name off of a truck VIN number. I'm a stupid. I'm a stupid, stupid man who is a stupid, stupid person and does stupid, stupid things because I'm stupid. Anyway, get a name from VIN number on the truck. Sheriff's like, oh, I guess he, like, moved to the outskirts of town. I don't know. I don't really know much about him. Uh, 
go through. Files on that guy are missing. Entire F section is gone. And then they go through census data. And... It's kind of weird. It's kind of fishy. In decades, the only time the population has changed is when someone has either died or been born. No one has ever left. No one has moved. No one has gone away. They have always and always will stay in a diner for whatever reason. It is at this point that things sort of come crashing down and we get our big climax. The sheriff comes and attacks Peter and Olivia. And we get this big chase, this big standoffy gunplay and all that. While this is happening, Walter and Astrid, looking for the source of the pulse, finds this big antenna outside of this one house. This house happens to belong to the daughter of the guy Walter worked with. The guy who originally thought up the project, who had originally headed up the project. And he goes there, he meets the kid, that kid, who kickstarted all of this. Mother's gone away, we don't know where she is. Conveniently, the father's not there. He's the guy who got killed. He's the guy who tried to kill Peter, and now is just, like, laying in a body bag in Walter's lab, so there's that. And Astrid distracts the kid, plays operation with him, while Walter goes searching through the house and finds this machine in the basement. Turns it off, and... Kid immediately is no longer normal human kid, it's just a weird deformed kid. So now, all the deformities are showing, the machine is off, and... It is at this point that this girl, Rose, shows up and is like, Hey, Sheriff, stop killing innocent people. It's been hinted throughout the entire episode that the Sheriff was trying to, quote-unquote, solve problems. Uh, He was telling townsfolk, I can make this go away. And Rose did come to him multiple times and said, No, no, this is not the answer. Violence is not the answer. Violence is not the answer. She finally shows up with a shotgun and stops him. And that is all done. And we get this explanation from her that once the once the implications of the experiment, once the side effects of the experiment were discovered, this woman's father stayed behind, stayed in Edina. And worked tirelessly to help them. To create this machine. Uh, He gave them the chance to either leave. Go anywhere and be deformed. Or look normal and stay in a Dyna. For the rest of their lives. And they chose to stay in a Dyna. He turned on the machine. And they've just been living like that. Ever since. Walter then goes to Royals. And immediately is like. Listen. 
broils. You cannot make this public. You cannot tell anyone about this. You cannot put this in any report. These people need to keep their secret. They need to stay anonymous. Like, the people who have killed those state troopers, they are gone. They have been brought to justice. But these people have done nothing to deserve any experimentation that will happen. And Broyles is like, well, did you find the machine? If you didn't, wink, wink, there's nothing to report. And then they leave Adina, and everything is at peace, and everything's all good. Man, it really is a Twilight Zone episode. How did I not notice that before? This is absolutely Twilight Zone-y. Remove the fringisms, and it's just an episode of the Twilight Zone. I love that. I love that. Anyway, a solid episode all around, even if I, for whatever reason, couldn't remember basic details. Like an idiot. I'm a dumb. I'm a dumb, dumb, stupid, dumb man. Anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 12. Talk to you then.